With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mm. I miss them Ooh. horns, baby. I miss them horns. My goodness. I'm waiting for it, Casey. <clears throat> Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. UFC Vegas 46 preview show starts now! <laughs> wow, wow, never has that it sounded so good. Man, they say uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I think that is foolproof right there. And after nearly a month without a UFC card, that all changes tomorrow. So happy new year to us all. It's a celebration. The UFC is back. UFC Vegas 46 goes down at the Apex tomorrow night. A very interesting main event in a very deep and very talent-filled featherweight division, especially these days with all the stuff that's been going on in the news. And I am very excited to talk all about this card and about the UFC being back. So thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck. Hope you're having a great week. We got the, the tripod in full effect. We have the dog barking. Of course, the doorbell <laughs> rings when the freaking preview show starts. Unbelievable. But we have the Prince of Positivity, the Ric Flair of the group, if you will, because while Jed Mishu wow. is like Hulk Hogan with the old WWF or BTL championship belt, A.K. Lee is walking around Canada with the old NWA title belt. He's the real right. world's champion of BTL. You're done right. He's here to talk some fights with us on this fight night. Eve. My best friend, it is great to see you. How are you? Guys, my best friend, Mike, my other best friend, E.K.C. Lydon. MMA is back. MMA has been back. I mean, look, we got it. We had Invict on Wednesday. We had one championship this morning. We got LFA tonight. We got KSW on Saturday as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on. People definitely check out. By the way, today's Misfits. We've had some weird, weird, some supreme MMA weirdness to start the year already. Uh, so make sure you check out Misfits on uh, MMAfighting.com. Uh, MMA is definitely happening in some ways that it shouldn't. But uh, that's not the case on Saturday. Uh, fingers crossed if everything uh, hangs together here. Yes. And on the ones and twos, my maroon shirt wearing brother, Mr. E. Casey Lydon, the best producer in the business. We did not plan this, but alas, here we are. We're like uh, between the three of us. We are like a, a checker checkers board yeah, right here. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Um, I feel rusty. I'm like – fights now i'm like oh yeah i forgot they actually fight i thought we just, i thought this was just you know i thought i thought mma was just guys signing up for fights and then dropping out of fights i thought that's yeah, all theoretical i didn't it's actually realize that they're actually nice. fight so this is all yeah. news to me this is all new yeah. so i'm excited <laughs> all right well let's talk about some fights and let's start with tomorrow night's main event we have calvin cater who will enter the octagon at the same time his beloved New England Patriots are playing the Buffalo Bills in the first round of the <laughs> NFL playoffs. He will take on Giga Chikadze. This is a great fight. Tons of storylines if you really look for them. Very interesting storylines for both guys. We got Calvin Cater returning almost a year to the day 
of his loss to Max Holloway. 364 days after that beating he took against Max Holloway. He's taken out a guy in Giga Chikadze who's been on a tear. 7-0 in the UFC. He's finished his last three fights. Last two, he stopped Cub Swanson. And then he stops Edson Barboza in his first main event. The guy is on fire. Those are just sort of the casual, easy-to-find storylines, AK. But what, what stands out to you about this first main event of the year for the Ultimate Fighting Championship? This is the kind of main event that we that we ask the UFC to book more often. You know what I mean? We, we people, fans sometimes complain about guys being protected. Uh, neither man is being protected here. This is you know, Cater is coming off that tough loss, a memorable loss, a, a fight that a lot of people had sort of on there, even though it was so one sided. It was on there, you know, maybe top ten best fights of twenty twenty one. Certainly top ten most memorable. Um, as, as, as again, as lopsided as it was. So this is not a bounce-back fight for him. And you know the UFC loves Calvin Cater. He's a good company man. He's a New England boy like Dana White. On paper, you'd, you'd think like, oh, well, they'd want to give him, you know, certainly someone in the top 10, but maybe maybe not someone that's uh, looking to climb over him like Giga Chikadze is. Because Giga Chikadze is right now arguably the hottest name at 145 pounds, 7-0, and uh, nine straight wins overall, including a couple before the UFC. I think three straight uh, knockouts, I believe. So... He's answered the questions about can he finish fights. He's answered the questions about can he beat elite competition. He just beat Edson Barbosa. Uh, and now, again, he's not getting an easy road to uh, an eventual title shot. I know there was some talk about, oh, could he be an option for to face Volkanovski with Max Holloway falling out? UFC didn't really – didn't blink on that one. They're like, you got a fight coming up. Let's see how this goes. Uh, and I, I'm sure uh, when, we, when we look at the numbers, Giga pretty heavily favored. But this is not a layup for Giga Chikadze at all. Calvin Cater as tough as they come. We'll get to the betting lines in a minute, but I just want to get Casey's thoughts on on this first main event. Does this one uh, does this one scratch you where you itch, sir? You like this one? I love this one just from the pure, you know, just high-level martial arts, um, as Jose likes to say, just high-level violence. Um, uh, both fighters are just excellent featherweights. I don't know if either fighter is, you know, at championship caliber yet, I mean, but they clearly are, like, on the rise and kind of like right there. Um, I'm not exactly sold on, you know, or, or is either guy a future champ, but I love this fight. Um, but it's also a weird fight to me because it's very, it's very risky for both fighters. It's, uh, Cater, I mean, he might, ha- he might come, he might have back-to-back losses after this fight. Um, very rarely do we kind of see title contenders, you know, or future champs have back-to-back losses. You know, they lose every once in a while, but not back to back, you know, and this you know, this could be a rough night for Cater. And for Chikaze, he's fighting someone behind him in the rankings right now. So, I mean, outside of, you know, being the main event spot and you know, just the notoriety of it, it's a risky fight for him too, because um he's gonna he's he's gonna be in the same spot. But I guess with the uh the kind of the Holloway situation right now, there's de- there is some definitely more spice on this fight for sure. All right, so I do want to go back to you, Casey, because I always enjoy your reactions to the betting lines. And right now, according to our friends at DraftKings, Giga Chikadze is a pretty big favorite here. In fact, this was not the case 20 minutes ago. It has changed. Giga Chikadze is now the biggest favorite on this card at minus 255. The comeback on Calvin Cater is plus 205. He's the biggest underdog on this card right now. Before, it was TJ Brown is the biggest favorite against Charles, uh, Charles Rosa. I don't think Chikadze being the favorite is all that surprising here, especially with the run he's been on, the wins he's been able to put together. But Casey, this much of a favorite, does that surprise you? Like minus 255, that's that's a big number. Wow, even more than Kelleher Kroom? Like Kroom coming in like on 15 minutes notice? Is that – that's – yeah. Either way, I mean, that's – that's wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, t- t- the topology, which is a straight pick him. 82% of, uh, 82% of MMA fans are picking Chikadze. And you, know, you said the betting lines too. Yeah, that's that's kind of wild. Um, and this is all based off just getting your butt kicked by Max Holloway? I mean, I just find that... Oh, no. I'm more so how how, how highly people think of Chikadze. I think oh, definitely I th- that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't think it's an indictment yeah, of, oh, of I, Cater I think at all. I think it's a lot has to do with that. I think we just... We saw we saw Max Hall we saw sorry we saw Cater get his ass kicked for 25 minutes. That's hard to kind of erase from people's memories. You know, if if erase, I really can't. I mean, I know we well not, this is hypothetical, but like if that Holloway fight never happens, what's the line right now? You know, are we are we are we are we are, we, are people just kind of like forgetting about Calvin Cater? Because it seems like Chikadze all week. This is just up here. This fight is just 
a formality for his way to a title shot. So um, I guess the Shikadze kind of confidence and bravado kind of coming into this fight week is really sold on fans. I don't know. I, I'm, I, that's a kind of a shocking uh, shocking betting line. But, um, yeah, here we are. Well, uh, okay, I, so you, okay, you so- have- you have to keep yeah. in mind. So Cater, has, hold on. Cater has, real, real has, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Real quick. I just want to say I, I stand corrected because uh, I just went to best fight odds. And for some reason on the on the DraftKings site, the Kelleher Kroom line wasn't up there. But Kelleher is a minus 300 favorite. So okay. Uh, okay. Jukadze, the second go. biggest favorite on the card. Right. But go ahead, AK. I apologize. So Casey, yeah, no, sorry. So Casey, you're right on that. So Kelleher, yeah, should uh, – we thought he'd be the biggest <laughs> favorite and certainly is. But uh, Cater, keep on. It's he's he's we, we we you know he's a good fighter we know and he's fought great competition. But better is also like fighters who have shown like dominance or gone on crazy runs. He's he's never had more than a two fight win streak in the UFC. Uh, and again, that shouldn't matter to us, like you know, for informed fans, informed people in the media. But when you see a guy who has, I think uh, six and three, I'm looking at his record now, six and three in the UFC. Uh, compared to a guy who's 7-0 in the UFC and is streaking, like we said, towards a title shot, that is a very easy thing for betters to just say, oh, well, this guy's going to kill. You know, the, ce- the ceiling for Cater is here and the ceiling for Jakadze is here. And again, we don't know if that's a fact, but again, this is talking about, you know, betting is to bring in the casual money, right? So I don't think it's – again, like I said, I don't think it's just the Holloway fight. I think it's also people look at Cater's record and go like, oh, this guy's tough, but is he a, is he a world title contender? And, and, and I think this fight – like will tell us a lot about that. I, I, fair or not, I do think if Cater loses, it does put a ceiling on whether he's again whether he is viewed as someone who could challenge for the title himself or as a fan favorite racks up twenty twenty two UFC fights but never you know never quite uh, gets that title shot. Yeah, a lot you just said that I definitely want to follow up with, but I want to go back to you, AK, because with this particular matchup, I mean, just look at what these guys bring to the table from a striking perspective. Cater is a terrific boxer. He's one of the best in the division. Chikadze's boxing has improved quite a bit, but he has that kickboxing background. He's super dynamic. His footwork is so tricky and so awesome. And when he lands, it means a whole hell of a lot when he connects, especially when he goes, because those body attacks are absolutely nasty. And Cater typically has that really high boxing guard. So he could be susceptible to those kicks to the body, to the, to the attacks of the body. Obviously Cater has that big right hand. He's got that hall of fame chin, never been stopped due to strikes in his entire career. He hasn't even been dropped in his UFC career. Eats a record amount of shots against Max Holloway. The dynamics on the feet, AK pretty interesting when you really break it down. Are they not? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people are favoring Cater in one. If it, if it breaks down to sort of a bit more of a brawl, they definitely like the toughness aspect there. The cardio, for sure, of Cater. We've seen him go five rounds. Uh, you know, again, he went five rounds. With Ho- That's one thing he did gain for the five rounds with Holloway is that even though he was getting wrecked, he was still kind of going for it in round five. It's one of those. It's one reason why, like one of the big narratives. I mean, yes, a lot of people will say, oh, why didn't they throw in the towel or why didn't they stop the fight? But if people go back and watch that fight, there was still that, like, I don't think anyone would have an issue if his corner was like, yeah, he's done. Don't bring him up for the fifth. But if you watch it again, you're like, you're like, man, he really was keeping alive that thought that he was going to land some haymaker or something in the, in the fifth round and, 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 uh, and at least hurt Holloway and make it, make it, uh, you know, make it interesting. Um, and whether that happened or not, it, it, it's, it backed up kind of what we already knew about him was that it was that he is so, so durable. Like you said, a, a, a legendary chin already. Uh, in his UFC career. So I, I don't know if I'm sticking with that idea that he necessarily wins a five-round fight, but I understand the logic between people saying he's going to want to extend it and uh, and uh, Giga's going to need to get ahead early or, or finish early. Yeah, I mean, he even he, he looked good in the Ige fight as well down the stretch, and we don't see all that often in Calvin Cater fights, Casey, is, is his wrestling. And there are a lot of people who feel I, like I, I Calvin yeah. might change... <laughs> Yeah, things up a little bit, you know, mix in some takedowns because he does have a wrestling background. He, uh, Me being from Massachusetts, I knew Cater from the high school wrestling scene. I think he was like a top five in the entire state of Massachusetts in his senior year in, in high school. He could have wrestled in college, but he chose to go down the MMA path. He did the college thing and got a degree. And Chikadze, as we've seen, certainly has improved on the ground. You saw it, especially in the Barboza fight. He's trying to lock in submissions and almost submitted Edson Barboza before he put him away later on in the fight. How much wrestling, Casey, how much grappling are you expecting to see tomorrow night? Would you bet on Calvin Cater shooting for a couple of takedowns in this fight? Heck, maybe Giga Chikaze shoots for takedowns. 
if I'm Calvin Cater, I definitely shoot for takedowns. I don't think you. I don't think his path to victory is necessarily wrestling or controlling Giga on the ground. But he has to. He has to threaten with the wrestling. He ha- he, ha- he has to. He has to close. He can't let Giga fight at that kickboxing range. If it's a kickboxing match, Giga wins this easily. That's just how it is. But fight mixed martial arts, and and that's going to be to to me the fight. Can Cater? Make this a mixed martial arts fight, in you know, in a sense, and use that wrestling to, to, to basically um, to um, to improve uh, Cater's. I think um, just pure boxing strengths. I think Cater's a better boxer, but like I said, we're mixed martial arts, so it's like I don't, don't want to play the whole boxing versus kickboxing thing. But if the if his wrestling can 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 put Giga on edge. And close that range, then that opens up Cater's boxing, and that, that, that to me that's going to be the that's going to be if Cater can establish that, he has a much 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 better chance of winning this fight. Also, small cage, I think that's going to be to Cater's advantage with the wrestling and just, just the smaller boxing range. But uh, yeah, uh, the wrestling I think will definitely be a factor if Cater if Cater will win this fight if Cater is going to win this fight. Before we get to the picks, gentlemen, I do want to go back to something that AK mentioned earlier because a big story in the builds of this fight had to do with this Volkanovsky-Holloway-Korean zombie title situation. Giga was very vocal about wanting the title shot. Some people thought it was disrespectful, perhaps thinking that maybe he's overlooking Cater. Although at the same time, like he's been very respectful of Cater. He's saying the right things. Cater's team, they have that New England Patriots mentality. We focus <laughs> on this fight. We focus on what we can control, and that's it. It's Giga and nothing else. A win for Giga, AK, probably puts him next in line for a title shot. Probably against the winner of Volkanovski and the Korean Zombie, depending on how long Max Holloway's out. Or at worst, he might even get the Max Holloway fight himself. He'll, I mean, and for Cater, he'll still have some work to do, but if he ever wants to get a title shot in the UFC, he has to yeah. 1 million percent win this fight tomorrow. So my question to you, AK, is, who needs this one more, Cater or Giga Chikadze? I mean, Cater needs us to stay afloat. But I will, I will say, uh, we've seen stranger things happen. I mean, I, I think I know what you mean. He he has to win this one to kind of stay on that track to like earn a a UFC title shot in the traditional way. But I, I, you know, I could see him, you know, bouncing. Let's say he loses, I could see him bouncing back with a two fight win streak, three fight win streak, staying in that sphere, some short notice opportunity coming up. And look, we just saw. We just saw a featherweight title fight fall through. That can happen at any time, unfortunately, to, to any UFC title fight in any division. Um, so I, I wouldn't say if he loses, it's like, oh, well, no. I mean, we're never going to see Calvin Cater fight for a title just because there's no never in this crazy business of ours. Uh, but but yes, as far as the traditional arc, he needs to win this one. Otherwise, he's just he just is pretty much put on UFC's list of like, yeah. So if we need someone for a title shot, uh, you know, a replacement, we'll call him. But we're not, we don't, we, you know, if he loses, it's like, we don't look at Cater as someone who is like, we're going to, we're going to market as a champion. We're not going to like build, you know, uh, events around him. He's a fun guy. We like him. We can, we feel like we can throw him in any matchup we want. And again, that's not a bad place to be. You can have a great UFC career like that. But of course, if you're a fighter you and you're in your prime, you want to be in that championship stream. So I do think he needs it a bit more. Uh, Giga, again, I don't know if anyone would be, even though he's such a big favorite, I think we've outlined a lot of the reasons why people would not be surprised if he lost. And, you know, going from seven and one and then bouncing back and going ten like eight and one, nine and one, uh, that that that's that's much closer. He'll fall he'll he'll fall uh less further with a loss, I feel. So I think Cater really, really needs this one on Saturday. Casey, what do you think? Do you agree it's it's more Cater needs this one more, or do you feel like Chikadze needs this one more? Oh, I kind of mentioned this earlier. I definitely think Cater needs this more. That's why I thought this was such a a risky fight for Cater because, I mean, he could easily lose this fight because Giga's a very obviously a very talented featherweight, and yeah, two losses in a row against top, you know two top ten guys. Like, I it's not a bad. I mean, Cater's an, ex, an extremely exciting fighter, but. I kind of feel like he might be in that kind of Shane Burgos kind of area, like where you know you're getting an exciting fight, but do the fans, do the media, does the UFC really believe you're a true title contender? And if Cater loses this fight, yeah, he can come back and get a title shot eventually, but it's gonna be he have to go on some sort of incredible run. And um, it's if Giga loses, it's fine. You know, it's a exciting. You know, he loses a quality opposition and just one loss. 
but uh, two losses uh, at a, in, a, in a main event, back-to-back main events. Um, yeah, it's a lot of people lo- seeing you lose, unfortunately. I think this is super-duper close, and you can absolutely make the argument that Giga Chikadze needs this one more because, one, all the things he said in the build-up to this fight, calling out the champion, saying he's a wuss for going with the easy fight in the Korean zombie. And by the way, I know we always talk about 55 just being loaded. We talk about 135 being so deep. 145 is ridiculous right now. There are the guys that are at the top of this division right now, the guys that are on the come up. I mean, it's just insane. It is a loaded division. And there are a lot of young, hungry monsters on the come up right now. The window to get to a title shot in this division in particular is super, super small. And you may only get one shot at it right now. You can make arguments for both of these guys, and that's what makes this fight really interesting, but you can definitely make the argument that Giga needs this one more. A loss sets him back in a big way in this division because Volkanovski is not the most active guy on the planet. As soon as Max Holloway is ready to fight, he's probably getting the title fight. Unless Giga wins impressively, then we have a conversation to be had. But then just look at these names on that are coming up. Josh Emmett has... A, a, a legitimate argument to have been a substitution for this fight. Arnold Allen is coming back. That dude is a monster. Then we got Ilya Taporia. We got the Mavzar Evloyevs of the world. We got the Sodik Yusufs of the world. The road is going to get more difficult for either of these guys on a loss. Like they're going to be s- facing one of these surging contenders in their next fight. And these guys are very dangerous guys. So, yeah, I think there's a lot on the line for both these guys, but you could definitely make the argument that Geek needs this one more. Unless I mean, I'm crazy, I, I, am I nuts? I think in the sh- in the short in the short term, like the next like within the next year, if Giga wants to title shot within the next year, he has to win tomorrow night. Um, that's why I meant with Cater. If he does lose, I would think he would need to win like six in a row. Like we're not going to see him in a like almost. I think of like a little bit like say like Jan Blahovich. You know, he was kind of you know we knew when the UFC signed him, he was obviously a very good light heavyweight. He kind of got lost. He, I think he lost two times in a row. We kind of just kind of forgot about him, and then what, like four or five years later, it took him that long to get to a title shot. That's what I mean. That, that's what I mean for Cater. It's going to take him a long time to get back to a title shot. Uh, obviously, a loss sucks for both guys. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, I think I think it... But I, 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 I totally see guy. your reasoning. I, I understand your reasoning, absolutely, Mr. Head. Yeah, they're both 34, so neither of them are, are spring chickens at this point, especially at, yeah, at this point in his career. They're both the same age. Cater's got a little more MMA experience, but obviously Chikadze's got the, the kickboxing experience. So, all right, AK, here we go. First main event pick of 2022. What's your gut telling you? Who gets this thing done? Who closes the show? This is going to be crazy because I'm about to like go however many fights. I'm going to go perfect in 2022, guys. Like all, <laughs> with all my UFC picks starting now. Like so, starting now, just like clip this and just remember, like, holy crap! When 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 AK went like 385 for 385, but it's like amazing. I started with this one and like picked picked like the 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 actual result, how you know how it ended. So uh, I'm going a little boring here. I actually favor Chikadze by decision. I think uh, I think he's going to do better going the distance than people think. I uh, I think he's going to keep this even with the small cage. I think he's going to be able to do you know work his kickboxing magic and keep this at the range he wants to keep it at. Uh, there'll be certainly be moments of excitement. It's going to be, but I think it's going to be a more technical fight. Uh, in a good way, a, t- a technical, entertaining fight. Uh, there'll be moments where, again, where Cater wants to kind of, kids kind of able to make it ugly, maybe get in there, like we said, with his wrestling, you know, do some work in, in the clinch. I think that'll be key. But I think Jakadze has a really good clinch game as well. So, um, which is why one of the reasons why I see him as a, as a like future title uh, challenger. So I'm going, uh, yeah, five rounds. Good fight. Good. Probably not a great fight, but I think a satisfactory main event uh, for the UFC's first card. Of, of 2022 and uh, Chikadze on points. Casey, what do you think? Could Are you going with Cater to pull off the upset? Are you going with Chikadze to win a decision? Or are you going with Giga to be the first man ever to stop Calvin Cater via strikes? That would be very impressive if Giga can do that. Um, if Giga does stop Cater with strikes, I, I would expect like some, some sort of just violent kick to the body. Um, but... I'm kind of agreeing with AK here. I actually, even though I'm super excited to see this fight, I do think, the, I think both guys need that W so bad. Um, I think Giga will win a four-one-three-two type decision, and but I think he's gonna. It's gonna be a, a safe, safe, smart, technical kickboxing match, and I don't think 
uh, caters wrestling will be able to uh, uh, kind of sway sway the judges enough to, for for cater to wings. I don't think he'll be able to take Giga down consistently enough and hold him down to win rounds. And I think Giga's kicking dangerous, dangerous kicking game will be enough to um, win a. I don't want to say dominant decision, but he's going to be the clear winner. I think Giga. I'm torn here, not because of the New England bias. AK, you button it up and you button it up right now, my best friend. <laughs> what was our over under on uh, New England mentions, uh, Casey? It was probably what, three, three and a half, three and a half. I think I went under. You went over. I think you yeah, won. I think you won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you won. <laughs> okay, so there's. I've thought about this a lot over the last couple of days because there's so many factors here because you have Jakadze on the come up, lots of combat sports experience. He's been rolling. Cater's coming off that loss to Holloway, but he's been a total sponge from all accounts since that fight. And while we wanted Cater to take all the time in the world to recover from the Holloway fight, he recovered, I mean, remarkably well, like shockingly well from what I've been told. Like when he was getting tested for concussions after the Holloway fight, there were other fights in his career where the numbers were worse, which is just shocking. He could have fought in September and done so easily. But in Calvin's eyes, his t- as their approach was the extra time never makes you worse. And focusing on getting better, making improvements physically, mentally, emotionally, skill set wise, a year is a lot of time to get better. The way I see this fight playing out is is going to have to weather a storm. He's going to have to deal with some punishment. And with that, he's going to have to find a way to make this fight really ugly. Make Chikadze work mm-hmm. at all times. Almost put on a flyweight pace. Try to make him struggle. Make him guess. Stay inside and make it grueling. Oh, yeah. And he has to do that while avoiding these incredible, powerful shots from an incredibly dangerous striker like Giga Chikadze, especially to the body. Cater's defense needs to go beyond just taking a shot to the face and getting punched because he gets hit an awful lot for my liking heading into a fight like this. I actually think he has like a negative strike discrepancy in his entire UFC career. Having said that, this has Cater versus Zabit vibes to it, where Cater is typically a slow starter, especially in the first round. Second round, he starts to get comfortable. Then he finds a way to hit that second gear near the third round. If Cater can get to the fourth round, it's going to get interesting in my eyes. I think Cater will end the fight with momentum, but it's going to be too little too late if that makes sense. I think Chikadze wins the decision in a fight that's more competitive than a lot of people think it's going to be. There you go, AK, all right? I'm picking against the New <laughs> Oh, I was shocked. I thought you were going to do the AK special there for a second where I like I completely outline why one person will win, and then at the end I go like, ah, oh, but I'm picking the other guy. That's what I thought. <laughs> the, I'm like, is he about to do an AK special? Yeah, you know, I think I think I think Giga is going to grow a lot from this fight. I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really competitive fight. I, I really do. I definitely think it's going to be competitive. I I, I when I, when I say I don't I don't think it's going to be a, an exciting brawl. I think from a like a a, a, te- a technical kickboxing nerd like like I, I try to think I am. Uh, I'm I'm super <laughs> excited about this fight, but I don't think it'll be like this kind of brawl brawl because I don't think that's what that's not what Giga wants. I don't think that's what even Cater wants. But I think the biggest kind of mystery factor in this fight is the year off and we and like everything we're saying with calvin cater is based on a a fighter from a year ago he had he has he had 25 minutes of getting his butt kicked and you learn a lot about yourself in those 25 minutes and especially as coaches they're going to see so much in those 25 minutes and they've had an entire year to take what they learn and make calvin a better fighter will we see it in saturday i don't know but I definitely think that it's this kind of this mystery that we just don't know. And I, I, and I think all of our, well, maybe me and AK, but I think our kind of uh, analysis of this fight is based on the cater from a year ago. We just don't know the guy that will show up uh, this Saturday. So I'm, that's why I'm, it's, you know, it's a mystery. <laughs> it's, it's fun. That's yeah. why I can't wait. A very interesting storyline added to this fight. So that's the main event. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Um, although the card has changed quite a bit over the last several days, <laughs> some, there are some some fights on this card. Uh, this main card, especially AK. What's your What's your favorite fight on this main card oh. outside of the main event? Which one Thank- Which one gets you going? Mike, Mike, you tricked me again. Thank goodness. I'm trying to anticipate your moves. I thought for a second you were going to refer to the Jake Collier or Chase Sherman fight as the co-main event. Because I I had a whole spiel ready going like, this is, with respect, with respect to Jake Collier and Chase Sherman, uh, Chase Sherman, excuse me, uh, this is not a co-main event. I don't know why they didn't put uh, Caitlin, I mean, sorry, I should say, I do know why they didn't put Caitlin Jukagi and Jennifer Maya. I get it. Neither is the most exciting fighter. I understand, but rankings-wise, I think it would have been very respectful. It matters. To put the, it matters, right? It, uh, it, to put the flyweights in there, two they're obviously, top five fighters is thrown behind. They're uh, obviously hoping for chaos between uh, Sherman and Collier, which is not a bad gamble. They are heavyweights, but boy, it just looks bad on paper. Like I think Collier's coming off a loss, uh, Sherman coming off two losses. Yeah, a back-to-back yeah. losses. Back-to-back this is losses. like your sort of what you're. This is on ESPN, guys. This is this is this is uh, this is what you're presenting on ESPN. I mean, that is uh, that's something else. So, I hope it's a fun fight. I hope both guys go to war and like surprise us and get a fight of the night bonus. Just the optics of it are a bit weird, but uh, no. But uh, my sleeper would be, and let me say, we lost so many. I mean, my sleeper would have been like Michelle Pahana versus Muslim Salikov, but that's not happening. Uh, if anyone wants to go to topology.com, this is one of those cards where if you go down to the canceled and fizzled out it's, section. It's longer than the actual fight it's card. Longer. <laughs> this, this rarely happens, but when it does, my goodness, it is quite a sight. Yeah, there's about uh, 11, 11 canceled and fizzled bouts, and we are left with 10 uh, yeah. remaining bouts. So, yeah. goodness, what a, <laughs> it's just sad. Th- thankfully, some of these have been rescheduled. But of the fights that are on there, I mean, there's still some good ones. I don't even think there's a sleeper. I would say Brandon Royval, Rogerio Bonterrain, but I don't even think that's a sleeper. I'm not asking uh, for a sleeper right now. I'm asking for your favorite oh, main card fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. We were moving on to sleepers. Sorry. I mean, then it's definitely Brandon Royval and Bonturin. I mean, I think this is a great fight. I've seen a lot of people just kind of overlooking this. This has all the makings of, again, it's two ranked guys, two guys who are top 15 in MMA fighting's global rankings, two exciting fighters. Uh, flyweight, I, again, I always say such an underrated division. These two guys are, are potentially, uh, you know, to string a few wins together. You could see them in the title picture. So uh, I love that. Love the Roy Val Bontrain matchup. That could be the Cole Main. I think that would have been a better Cole Main than, but you know, UFC hates flyweights. They hate flyweights. Men or women. Yeah, yeah. They hate don't, flyweights. Don't, doesn't matter what gender you are. If, no. you're, if, you, if you weigh 125 pounds, you suck. <laughs> you suck, apparently. <laughs> you suck. What's yours, Casey? And why is it Chikagi and Maya too? I hope it's Chikagi and Maya too uh, uh, because. They're two top five. They're they're two of the best flyweights in the world. Yes, they've both been involved in kind of lackluster fights, but I'm just crossing my fingers that 
you know, just get two boring fighters and somehow you get this crazy brawl. I don't think that will happen, but I am excited for that match. Um, uh, man, and and it's just, uh, I just, I just, I just hate the UFC just crapping on flyweights, men or women, and uh, either Royval or Rival, Rival or how do you say it? how do you say his last name? Monterine. Monterine. Yeah, that one or Chikagi Maya should absolutely be the co-main event. Um, it's it's just kind of a slap in the face to 125ers, but uh, yeah, the two the two the two 125 fights uh, at top of card are clearly after the main event the best fights on the card. I love the Roy Val Bontrine fight, as most would probably guess. I'm going to go a little off the reservation with this one. The fight I'm actually most intrigued about on this entire card, maybe even including the main event is the battle between Brandon Royval and himself. And what I mean by that is, Ooh. after speaking to him a couple of weeks ago, and that article I think is dropping tomorrow, so you guys can read it for yourself, I cannot wait to see how he looks in this fight. Because anyone who has watched him compete over the last few years, this guy is pure chaos. It's what we've always enjoyed about Brandon Royval, right? He's a freaking wrecking ball in there. And he knows that at this level... It can be a weapon, but it just needs to be controlled in some way. And he was telling me that Mark Montoya would just have him take walks around Factory X, just like controlled walks around the mats, slow, methodical. And when the walk was almost done, Mark would tell him like, all right, you're almost done. Here's the ending of the walk. And Roy Val would almost get antsy about it. Like he would start to move a little faster and he would lose control and he'd lose focus on just walking to the end of the the walk itself. And that's one thing he's been working on is the focus and the balance. He's watched a, a lot of Sean O'Malley fights to try to control that stuff and see how you can still be effective and explosive, but you don't have to run through a wall every single fight. I've been watching this guy for a long time, even before LFA. I'm so fascinated by this. Can he control the mayhem and use it in a wise, effective, and patient manner? I'm enthralled by the whole thing. The the, the psychology behind Brand Royval and his approach to this fight, I I'm just I, I'm I'm really interested in it. So I'm I'm interested to see how he performs, if he can control the chaos. Like, if he hurts Bontarine at any point in this fight, like, what will he do? Will he just explode and go off the reservation? Or will he be more O'Malley-esque and just pick his shot and wait for the right moment? So I'm really excited for that. So, AK, now you can give us your low key. Oh, go ahead. But also about Rival, if he loses this fight, that's three in a row. And that's just obviously losing to Moreno, losing to Pantoja. Those are top five flyweights, and he's facing another top ten flyweight. I would just, I would just hate if the UFC kind of, you know, I don't even, want, I don't even want to go there. But three losses in a row always suck, and they did not give him an easy, uh, a tune-up fight to kind of get a, get the win streak back. So, um, very excited for that fight. Yeah, this yeah, is definitely that, one of those fights that the longer the longer it goes, the more it favors Royval. So it'll be interesting to see like if he has the approach of like, all right, let's get this thing deep. Let's get this to the third round. And I think if he does, he could probably put Bonserine away. But go ahead, AK. I was going to say, uh, I'm just looking at who he fought in the OC so far. He has not had an easy fight. This run is insane. Tim Elliott for his first fight. Kai Carr France, his second fight. Who Brandon Moreno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he beat Tim Elliott and he beat Kai Carr France. Yeah. Uh, that Tim Elliott fight was so fun. And then... Uh, Brandon Moreno and Alexandre Pantoja. So, I mean, that's insane. I mean, I get it. You'll look at his, the UFC will look at his record and be like, oh, if he loses, he's two and three, 12 and seven overall, whatever. We can cut this guy. But it's such a strong division and he's such a fun guy to have around. Like, I, I just, uh, again, I don't know what his contract status is, um, but I hope uh, that they, they win or lose. As long as he puts on a good performance, you keep him around. I mean, that is, that, that this is why you have guys like this on, on the roster. So, yeah, uh, I think we're all in agreement. That's a, just one to keep an eye on. It's a great looking fight. It's a great fight. All right, low-key banger time, AK. Low-key banger? Listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about... uh, I'm going to go just weird, because this is a very strange card, and and I'll be honest with you, I don't blame anyone who's not super excited about it. There's just been replacements, a lot of newcomers. Um, I guess people who follow the Contender Series would be more familiar with some of these names than I am. I I did not watch it closely this, this previous season. Mike, why is why is Joseph Holmes... Someone asked earlier who has the best nickname on this card. Why is Joseph Holmes called Ugly Man? Because it's Why? like a, it's a play on words. But there's a there's an old like '90s rock and roll guy named Ugly or it was Ugly Kid Joe, 
So oh, he's he's ugly ugly of course, I I, I hate it's more about, about a, a great a great song. Yes, that's yeah, what it's, that's it's what more, it's a reference to. It's no, well, it's more about uh, it's more about like his his green when he got into MMA, he got into it kind of late. So when okay. he went in there and started training and started getting better, he. He was a brawler. He was he was a little bit of a brawler early. Oh, on. so, so he stylistically. Was so stylistically, they they they're like, oh man, you're you're ugly but effective. So oh, kind of I'm looking at him and I'm like, show. I'm like, he's not a bad looking guy. He looks all right. He's in good shape. But I was like, who hurt who hurt you, Joseph Holmes? So I don't know. So I'm gonna go. I, I mean, I don't know a lot about him. I'm gonna go wild, completely wild card in this one and say uh, somehow I think Joseph Holmes, ugly man, Joseph Ugly Man Holmes. Uh, is going to steal the show against Jamie Pickett. I don't know, and maybe Jamie, like maybe they fight at night. I'm not sure what's going on, uh, but I, I, that's the fight for some reason. I'm most keyed in on that. That nickname just sold me. But let's we just got a right. little, <laughs> we got a little psychological experiment from from AK right there because he wanted to point out another interesting nickname to take away from some of the nicknames he just truly despises. And I think two of his most despised nicknames are both uh, fighting on this card. We just talked about right, one guy. One guy we just talked about. Which, which we avoid. Oh, you can say. Oh, there's two. Oh, wait. Do we? Well, one we can say. One are we allowed to say? Yeah, we, oh, we oh. won't say them. You all know who they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're all throwing them out there. Casey, what's yours? Which which which, which flight is flying under the radar that just gets you all fired up and warm and cozy inside? I'm going. I'm going for the nickname route too. But I'm going Boom versus Croom. <laughs> That's a good bit. That should be Boom. an interesting fight. You know, I Brian Kelleher. He's always exciting to watch. Um, Kevin Kroom is a interesting character, and um, coming in on what six minutes notice. I keep I keep shortening it, <laughs> thirty seconds notice, whatever. Um, I'm just happy um, Brian got the uh, Brian like Brian, you know Brian uh, Keller gets the fight, and uh, I just um, it's just, just I think that's just a, a fun, exciting fight. It, it was one of those like you'd like to say Kroom's playing his house money, so just go in there, have a good time, and uh, you know. Have a good time. Throw some hands, and um, you know, you know, Mr. Keller will be totally down for that type of party. Yes, that is going to be fun. Uh, the first round of that fight is going to be insane. The longer that goes, obviously, that's a Kelleher. Yeah. You know, Kelleher just gets better as the fight goes, and Kroom's coming in on super short notice. Not that he's not like in shape because he's in the gym all the time, but you know, how it is. It's different when is, you're in is, fight. Is Kroom normally a forty-fiver, or is he? A, what is Kroom normally? Yeah, one fifty-five. He's normally a forty-fiver. Oh, he's normally yeah. a forty-fiver. He's, he's also fought at one fifty-five, so he's definitely coming. Like, yeah, okay. Keller, Keller debut, definitely had to go up to meet him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the debut was at fifty-five because he fought Roosevelt Roberts on like. 36 hours notice or something crazy like that. Maybe even less than that. If we're, if we're being honest, I'm going with, I think this is the main card opener. I'm not really sure. Uh, let me just, Algeo. just make sure. Yes. Okay. That is the main card. Correct. Algeo. I'm excited about. He's always fun. I'm very intrigued by Joe Anderson Brito. This guy is a, is a killer. This guy just puts people away. He's a very exciting guy. He's huge for the weight class. And he finishes fights. I know the contender series fight, he kind of, it looks like he sort of faded down the stretch a little bit, but this guy is a finisher and Bill Algio is that perfect style to just get in his face and be long and lean and just move forward. And Brito's going to get tested in this fight. I think this is a absolutely perfect piece of matchmaking by the matchmakers. They got this one right. Brito could be a, a potential star in this division because of his style and how exciting he is. He's not your typical Vandalay Silva shoot to box guy. He's more of the Oliveira side of things where he's a little more unpredictable. He's very, I mean, his ground upon is tremendous. The dude is a monster. Uh, and Algio is going to be in his face the whole fight. So the longer that fight goes, and I feel like it's a theme with a lot of these fights, the longer that fight goes, things are going to get really interesting. So I think that's going to be a war. That'll be a lot of fun. That's a low key banger. Oh, we, we are, uh, we are sure that the fight's going to happen. Right. I mean, we, are, is there that this touch and go all week because of COVID protocol, right? Something with, with on, uh, on a Brito side. Apparently we're good to go from, from all accounts. So, I mean, listen, we, we know the rules by now. We've been almost two years into this. It's never official till they're both in the cage. Yeah. The announcements come ring announcer, Bruce Buffer, Joe Martinez shouts them out. Referee says, let's fight. And the first punch is thrown. But at least for now, we're going to act in a positive way as if all these fights are going to happen. Right. That's what we need to do at this point. Ten fights. We got ten left. Real perfect. Quick on, on, on Brito. His contender series victory. I'm looking. It was a, it was in topology has technical unanimous. What is that? 
Yeah, oh, like it, it, ended, it, were... it ended before the fight was. Was it? Was yeah, there were like, foul. Yeah. There were fouls. One fighter couldn't continue. Oh, like score. one of those, like okay, like went past like yeah. the seven and a half minute mark of the entire fifteen minutes, and they just okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. All right, the cards, like, yeah. Like, what is that? All right, thank you. Rules. You're very welcome. <laughs> rules, rules rule. That's right. Rules rule. So, uh, all right, let's go to the peeps. Let's see Do what they the have peeps. to say about this. All right, about this card. Let me see what we got here. Ugly man. Maybe the potential stakes of uh, ugly of this man. card. Ooh, let me open that up. AK definitely the people's champ. There you go, AK. Ah, uh, we knew that. <laughs> we knew that. <laughs> wow, that ain't the a question. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't a question. The momentum, the momentum we started for Jed. Then Georgia goes on and wins the national championship. I mean, the guy's on fire right now. Uh, Joseph Boza. I am surprised about the co-main event. When I think co-main no, event, co Chase event. Sherman versus Jake Collier does the screen co-main event. Roy Val Bontarine or Chikagian versus Maya should have co-main. Now, I, I don't want everybody to go back into the archives of these preview shows, but I feel like we have this conversation like once every three months. Mm -hmm. This happens, maybe a fight falls out, and we bump up the random heavyweight fight to the co-main event. This is the UFC playbook. This is the formula they've been putting together for years now. If a fight falls out and we have all these other fights and we're not sure what could be the co-main event, let's put the two heavyweights up there to just slam it out. How many times has like Jorgen De Castro been a co-main event when, when he was in the UFC? <laughs> Nothing against Jorgen De Castro, but it's just he's not. It's not like he was a number one contender for the heavyweight title, but he was in like three co-main events. So this is what the UFC does, but. Yeah. Anyone else want to add to this? I know you had this diatribe, AK. You were ready to explode about Chikagi and Maya getting the rub here. So now you can do it. No, because look, like I said, from a hardcore standpoint, sure, we'd we'd love to respect the rankings. We'd love to put flyweights up there. But in the in the in the in the shoes of a, a again a more casual audience against some of the ES, maybe a newer ESPN audience, it's very it's completely justifiable to put two big swanging and banging guys in there. I I, I understand completely. <laughs> I, I as like look, I'm I'm championing. Chukagi and Maya, I do not expect that to be an exciting fight. I, I will be shocked if that fight is like at all memorable. Um, despite I think both fighters are very talented. I think they deserve their ranking. They they know how to win fights. They just don't win fights in an exciting way. Neither of them have a track record of putting on exciting fights. And that's just that's just the, the truth. Didn't explain Brandon Roval. Oh, look, why he's again, he's a 125er. He's just too small. Yeah, yeah. yeah just also, his also I'm just gonna say it, his nickname is Raw Dog. Oh, you said right. it. You can't have that. You, you did you it. Can't have that on ESPN. <laughs> you cannot have that in America. You're right. Children watch this stuff. They're, I mean, they're they not, they're not going off air when he when he fights, man. Like they're still going to show it. <laughs> oh, it's let's a, let, 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 let's show some um uh, some uh let's show a hot dog eating contest before Ray Vaughn walks out. <laughs> I mean, look, if they were if they were if they wanted to really do something different. Yes, you put this what's I think could be a fight of the night contest in the co-main. I, I don't know why, you know, that that's other than the fact that they're two small guys and you're worried, I don't know, people just see that and be like, I can't believe your people are so small and and that this is a quote-unquote co-main event and again, that's stuff that these guys worry about, that the bean counters worry about, the guys at ESPN, the guys at the UFC worry about. That's that's beyond us, so I get it. We have, they have concerns that we don't have, but I, I, for certainly on a, on a on a situation like this, where so many fights fell through and you have two high level flyweights like this, it should have been the co-main. But again, uh, it's, it's not like the super travesty that Sherman and Collier is the co-main event. People like heavyweights. People like watching big guys punch each other. I mean, that's, they, that's the heart of it. They do. I, I mean, are you talking to people out there? Jeff like? Mishu was out there somewhere going like, this should have been the, the main event. Forget co-main. He's like, this should go on after Cater and Takatsu, right? So not true. I, I, not true. It's oh, what really are you not saying? BT? What are you saying? BT? He said it was I don't dumb. Watch when he's on. I don't watch when he's on. He said this being the co-main of it was quote unquote dumb. In that I just, I, I either of the flyway fight should have been above it. What was the was it the last pay-per-view uh with Kai Car France and Cody Garbrandt? Was that the last was that the very last pay-per-view that they had? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just that loaded pay-per-view. What was the most violent knockout of the night? Freaking 125ers, you know? <laughs> and like and like I don't understand. Like they consistently bring the action either crazy grappling or just exciting knockouts and yet we always get back into this whole well people love knockouts i mean people love heavyweights but ah it sucks it's not a co-main event it's simply the last fight before the main event that's all <laughs> yeah well i mean there, there, there could be there, there could be a little bit of strategy to this as well because Ooh, tell me we have to what's going on on cbs in america an hour and 15 minutes after the main card starts 
the NFL playoffs. The Patriots, mm. always a big ratings draw against the Buffalo Bills. Maybe they want to get Chikage and Maya in front of the fans before they go over to CBS and watch the football game. Maybe it gives them a reason to come back when the main event happens. Maybe they set it up that way. I don't know. But they know they're going to get crushed in the ratings. They're going to get absolutely hammered by the Patriots-Bills game. It's not even going to be close. They got the MMA fans. How could we attract as many casual fans as possible? Because Kager Chikadze, there's a very good chance that that fight happens at halftime. So they'll probably flip back anyways. They're going to do their best to time it that way. Plus Dana White, you know he wants to watch the freaking football game because the Patriots You know what? Playing. The Dana White aspect of it, that might be it. <laughs> the, the, yeah, Dana's just, yeah. I, I without a doubt, expect someone, to, some fan to take a, a an iPhone photo of Dana White and the main event's going on, and there's a TV in front of him, and he's just watching the football game. Of I entirely he's expect that. that. Entirely Absolutely. Expect that. He might not even be at the fight. He might just be sitting in his office watching the Patriots game. It's very someone, possible. Someone is definitely going to tweet out that picture, uh, the one when he was watching the Canelo fight. Yeah. Well, he was in the Canelo fight, right? Someone's going to do that and just fo- definitely at least Photoshop. Yeah. So people, careful on your social media. Like, we think it's going to happen, but but before it even happens, someone will have that screenshot ready of like a football game on a little screen and uh, Dana White watching it and just using it from the, from the time he was watching Canelo instead of, <laughs> instead of the UFC. So it's going to be out there, whether it's real or not, just, just be careful guys. Don't get, don't get, don't get fooled. To Dana's, uh, to Dana's credit, he put that out there himself at the yeah. press conference. I remember that very vividly. He was like, yeah, I was watching the fight. Yeah. But he's watching it with like 10,000 fans right behind him. <laughs> like, it's like, it was like, you even, he didn't make a secret about it. Man. Nothing it yeah. yeah. He didn't lie. Yeah. He didn't lie. Yeah, about he, it. Like, he just came out like, and said he was watching the fight. He, was, he won money. It wasn't like he was at a wedding and like looking at his phone under the table you know, or something. Like he was, he, yeah, exactly. He knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, but uh, uh, AK, AK, what was yes. the over under for Patriots mentions though? Are we, <laughs> I mean, I, no, I think it was like two and a half. And I think he went oh, under. Yeah, we, right? yeah, we, no, two, oh, we were over. It was mentioned in the uh, Patriots. I definitely went over two and a half. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're oh, like, at I mean, well, you had yeah. to for, for, for the purposes of our scheduling discussion. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> I wasn't over. I was justified. It. I was justified. No, uh, right. David yeah. Sandin says, uh, Mike, you might be the real Prince of Positivity after that take. And I agree. Yeah, that I, that, was, that's for, at least for today. I'm I trying. That to I'm you. trying. That was the I most last half full I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I, I love would it, love it. I would love it. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. All right, all right. What else? Uh, do 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 do. We got more questions. Hold on. Are there? Um, okay. Yeah, here we go. It's not really a question, but it is. Um, it is. Though. Yeah. Yeah. No more. A, a gift from the wife. No more wearing fake band shirts like fake Bone Dust or Cat Wiener or whatever. <laughs> what I don't even know what music you listen to. I listen to you know. I listen to cool bands like Taylor Swift and uh, Pink. Uh, Those aren't bands. Just, Those are just singers. Justin Bieber. Uh, I mean, come on, guys. This is the you know you got You're not on the cutting edge. Billie Eilish. I'm a fan. I don't know. What this, I don't know what you're wearing in your shirt half the time. Like oh, these aren't real bands. Speaking of music, I saw. I know. I did. I I I, I tweeted out. I, I didn't tweet. I, I wrote some of the lyrics to uh, Ugly Kid Joe's smash hit. Uh, I hate everything about you. In the uh, can, in the can comments. You give a teaser. A teaser. Just. And I I I hate your daddy's guts too. Boo-hoo. That's like my favorite line for the song. So I think it's the only one I remember. <laughs> that was a, that oh. song was a huge hit. That song he also was did a, a remake hit. of uh Cats he also Cats of the Cradle. Cats of the Cradle. Yes. Harry I remember that. That was a big that was a big song for him too. They're a band. They're they're also a band, by the way. They are not one person. Yes. Joe is the name of is the name of a band. But yeah. So they also shouted that up. Yes, everything by it's uh, a, uh, probably a version a lot of people know. Uh what else we got? Anything else? Um Actually, because let's just talk about him. Let's talk about this gentleman. Oh, how, the effect on he's had on this card. I mean, what's there to say? He's 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 in. Uh, what's going? On? He he was injured. He was. It's injured. kind of I a mean, mystery, he, right? Is, 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 this is. I think this is this is pretty rare. I mean, I know um, Ariel said he's hurt. No, he knows. No, it's off the record, and he won't say it publicly. But uh, it's kind of interesting that Max Holloway's not only injured, but we don't know the injury, and we have zero clue how long it's going to be. Clearly mm-hmm. long enough to not postpone the fight to actually rebook it, so it's mm-hmm. obviously not like a two week injury. But um, what is going on with Max Holloway? I mean, it'll come out. I mean, I think it'll come out whatever his issue is. I don't think uh, most most fighters uh, 
don't disclose what they're what they're you know what's wrong with those. Just someone you know he's been in this game a long time. He really has nothing to gain from revealing exactly what it is. He might not have a timetable for when he's coming back, but um, which is yeah, which I, is a big deal. That, that's if no timetable. That's a very serious injury. I mean, we're not uh, talking I mean, about a twisted ankle. If you have no we don't know that. I mean, we don't know if it's a serious injury. It could just be they don't know. It could just be they don't know. It could be he's he's still you know there could be the you know more more tests and what have you that they have to do again. Whatever the injury happens to be, it could be like hey, I'll be back in uh, I'll be back in uh, April. Like we don't know. We don't know. I, I don't think we should assume the worst. Um, a lack of information doesn't mean bad. Like it's bad. It's just I, I agree. I understand people want answers, but. Um, uh, yeah, look, he's at the point of his career. He's not going to fight through any, I think, unnecessary injuries anymore. He knows he's he knows that the clock is ticking on his career somewhat, and he wants to fight when he's at his best. Especially since this could be the last shot he ever gets at Volkanovski. Um, well, I think if he wins, they would fight again. But you don't know. This could be the last time they ever fight. If he loses, definitely the last time we ever see that fight. So uh, he has to make sure he's 100%. I, I really think that's the issue. Um, if And uh, if he were a younger man, this is Max Holloway five years ago, maybe he'd fight through whatever this is, unless as it could be, like we said, I don't know, something severe. Max but, just uh, turned 30. It's not, you're, 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 you're already retiring. In, in, man. Fight years, in fight years, he's 40. In fight years, I mean, that boy has been in some battles. I mean, that boy has been in some wars. So, uh, you know, it, it has aged him, unfortunately. And we know this. We know this is going back to the uh, the Habib when he almost stepped up to fight Habib. And we were all like, holy crap, what's going on with him, his interview? And we were yeah, worried. We've been worried I, since then. That, you know, so we, we hope we go back to good. his whole he had concussion issues, weight cutting issues. It's like, right? you know, he's he, he also he, he's holding all those, you know, all that. He's he doesn't really reveal too much about it. But, you know, we kind of know a little bit. But, mm-hmm. um, MMA, yeah. the UFC needs Max Holloway. Get better, Max. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't need to fight. So when he's, he can take as much time as he needs. He's doing the video game thing. He's doing all these other things and doing very well for himself. He doesn't need to fight. He just likes to fight. He just likes the competitive aspect of the game. It's not about being world champion or anything like that. It's about going out there and competing because the dude is doing the damn thing right now with or without actually throwing a punch. So, Good on him. We wish him the best. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much told everything Ariel was, so um, no real timeline. Uh, I've seen a couple comments about this, but let's let, we kind of mentioned a bit. Uh, all right, Joseph, was, is Giga Chikadze overlooking Calvin Cater this week? He seems more pissed that UFC 273 is Volkanovski versus Zombie than focusing on a tough Cater. I don't. I mean, I get it. I and I've there's an. I talked to Calvin Cater's head coach, Tyson Chartier, about this exact thing. Uh, it's on MMAfighting.com right now. Um, Kater, they, they don't fully feel that Giga is overlooking Calvin at this point, uh, but they wouldn't. They don't care. That, and if, if they feel that way, they're just going to use that as motivation. It's poster material. They'll put it on the wall. Things that Giga has said in the past, if they feel that way. But Giga has also said the right things. Like, I can't overlook Calvin Cater. He's a very dangerous guy. This is the guy who you know, can get punched 500 times and keep moving forward. He's a very dangerous guy. I have to be very skeptical of that. Um, so yeah, well, while there may be some focus being taking off the actual fight itself, I wouldn't say overlooking. I, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's gotten that far. Does anybody else disagree with that? I didn't necessarily like Giga's kind of type, maybe his comments about, well, Volkanovski the easier fight. I, I think that's kind of ridiculous, but I don't believe in the overlooking part either. So it's kind of you know, a little of both. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I didn't, lo- you know, uh, whatever. It, it, it's never, it's, I'm, I'm someone who always says it's never bad to throw ideas out there. You know, I never mind, like, I never mind, like, people calling out names, uh, uh, you know, after they win a fight that are, like, far outside of their ranking. So I'd be a little bit hypocritical if I said, you know, Giga should have just like shut his mouth about um, wanting to take the fight. Cause who knows? What, what if, what if he had gotten it, right? I mean, the chances were very slim. Um, I think we all kind of raised our eyebrow when he even mentioned wanting to do it. But if by some weird chance he got it, then we'd all be like, we'd be like, holy crap. Like, it worked. It worked. Giga and his management are, uh, have done it again. Like, they're, look how smart they are. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't love it. I don't think he's overlooking him. Um, I, I don't think it'll be – like, if Calvin Cater beats him, I hope people don't make this the narrative. that like, oh, it's only because – will. Like, I hope not. I hope – because like we've said – Cater has it a will. lot of brings, <laughs> it's, so, it's so silly. Cater brings so much to the table. Yeah. I, I don't like if, if, like we said, the best version of him, if it's improved from a year ago, could maybe it beats any version of Giga Chikadze, you know, whatever outside of the cage drama or not. So I hope that's not the case. Um, and uh, if it's, but hey, if it's any extra motivation for Cater, then there you go. Then that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't think, 
I don't think it would be like they would t- it would take away from Cater's win. I think it would just be more venom thrown at Giga. You know what I mean? Like it's a bad look for him. And that, that was kind of like one thing that that Tyson Chartier said was that listen, say whatever you want, but if Calvin goes out there and does his job, like it's not going to be a good look for him. The way he's been talking and talking about the title fight and stuff. And by the way, let me just say this once again. I have no problem with Korean Zombie getting the fight. In fact, I think that was the fight. I never understood this big rush for Giga to get a, to, to fight for the title. If he beats Calvin Cater and does so convincingly, his next fight more than likely will be for the belt, or maybe he fights Max Holloway. Either way, a huge fight is coming his way. And if you're Giga and his team, and you can fight Volkanovski six, seven months from now, like, isn't that better? Especially with this division. You might only get one shot. You might only get one chance to fight for the belt. What is the rush? What is the rush? Just fight him later on this year. I didn't understand this narrative that, like, we have to wait until Giga fights Cater before he announced who the title challenger is. I would rather Giga get a full camp, be fully healthy, and fight for the title than him rushing through another training camp because he's going to probably have to go 25 minutes with Cater in this fight. And then have to rush back and try to fight Alex Volkanovsky, who might be the best fighter in the world right now, pound yeah. for pound, at least top two, top three. I didn't understand the need to rush him into a title fight. But I get yeah. it. I get why his resume merits it, surely. His resume would stack up better than anybody's who beats Calvin Cater. But there's no need to rush him into a title fight, at the, especially at that time. It was less than two months away. Like, what's the point? Just wait, get healthy, have a full camp, then fight Volkanovsky. Be at your best when you get your chance to fight for the title. I agree. I agree. Uh, one more question. We got one more. You ready? Let's go. Uh, oh, I just lost it. Dang it. Oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Uh, okay, sing, sing a song real quick. I, just, I lost <laughs> Where the is the question? Where is the question? And the last question is from Stephen K. Oh, oh, gosh. Do you remember? It, it's so funny, AK. Remember, remember when we started the gymnastics rating <laughs> mm-hmm, and people like, mm-hmm. like poo pooed on it? And now everybody wants it back. It. I want it back. Well, especially for cards. I, I think for certain cards, it's more fun. I, I think when you have like some stacked pay per view, it's not really interesting. It's like, ah, oh, it's like a 9.5, 9.6. Like any stacked pay per view is like nine or above. So it's not a lot. This kind of weird card that has been decimated by injuries and rescheduling and COVID and, like we said, has title implications, kind of, but doesn't. You do need to be a little more flexible, I think, than than just saying, oh, yeah, this card looks like a, 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 a 8 out of 10. Uh, no, the ceiling for this card is, again, always with respect to all the guys uh, uh, guys and girls left fighting on the card. It's pretty low. Um, but I do think that there's potential for a really great memorable main event. Uh, and like I said, the the, the Jake Collier Chase Sherman fight, as much as I've kind of mocked it just for its placement on the card, if that was on the prelims, I'd probably just be saying like, oh yeah, this looks really fun. This is a fun heavyweight matchup. I'm glad they threw these two together. So I, I don't want to insult those two guys any further, uh, more than I already have. So I'll go as high as to say, because you know the, the, what, the, what they say, it's always the it's always the cards you don't talk about that end up delivering. Let's go a hard 7.0. I think if this card delivers on all fronts, it could be a 7. A seven out of seven, if that makes sense to people, like one that will be like, "Man, UFC got off to a good start." You know, I'm really looking. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, to uh, UFC 270 now. You know, what I mean? I'm really in the mood for it now. This card wet my appetite for it. That that's, I think, the ideal thing. I don't, I think expecting anything like a, a classic ten fight card is maybe a bit much. All right, there you go. Excellent gymnastics score, AK. And with that, you hear the music. We are out of here. Back tomorrow. What time? What time's the prelims? Five? Uh, five Eastern? Five. five o'clock. Five Eastern. Yeah, correct. All right. So four thirty. People's pre-fight show. Four thirty Eastern. One thirty Pacific. We'll get you ready for the fights. Answer all of your questions, and then we'll be back after the fights to to break it all down. And hopefully, the Patriots Bills game is going the way that I hope it goes, and I won't be as distracted. So until then, everybody. For Casey, for AKI, and Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks for watching. Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. 
Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.